Hello, and welcome back to Humanitude. Hope everyone had a nice week. I know we certainly did. Yes, we did. And Neil, what are we talking about this week? Well, we're talking about creativity. Creativity. What is it? How has it been in our lives? What is it good for? You know, a lot of big... A lot of big questions we're hoping to answer today for you guys big and ourselves. Yeah, we, we deal in big questions. Huge here. questions. Huge questions. <laughs> so, Jeremy, what is creativity? Can you enlighten us on that? Well, that's a great question, Neil. Um, there's a couple components to creativity. Uh, and those two components, at least by this one author, Thomas R. Collin, are originality and effectiveness. So creative behavior is behavior that is novel, new, non-obvious, unique. And in terms of effectiveness, it's adaptive, correct, good, realistic, acceptable, whatever. So, you know, I, I honestly don't think that's like a super encapsulating definition. I mm -hmm. think that is a pretty good like descriptive defini definition. Mm -hmm. But I think another important part of creativity is divergent thinking. Mm. The ability to think in different directions instead of going down one path. Yeah. So being able to pull from a bunch of related, but maybe not at first glance related words, concepts. Yeah. So, so could you say that a very broad definition of creativity or a synonym for that is just doing things differently? Would you... Yeah, creativity is a little different. The one thing about this definition is that they said creativity can be correct or incorrect. Mm. I feel like that's actually a little bit divisive. You yeah. can have creative work that's obviously incredible and objectively good. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think creativity necessarily has to be like correct or aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, because, I mean, it could be a very ethnocentric, you know, view of creativity. This is creative from my point of view and my culture, but maybe to another group, it's a very commonplace thing that's taking place. So, yeah, I mean, that's, maybe what's creative to one person isn't creative to another, and yeah. is that right? That's, that's actually a great segue to what this author talks about in terms of the ambiguity of his definitions. Mm. So, originality says is relative to context and effectiveness is relative to a norm so you know mm. you're only original if you're living in a society where no one else has created this exact thing that you've created right and you're only effective if there's a baseline of what efficacy is mm. which this guy cites his problems with his own definition to his credit um so if we change the definition a little bit to um original work in context and effective work relative to a norm mm -hmm. I think like effective and original work might be a good creative product mm -hmm. but I think originality alone might be enough to just say oh look I did this creative thing effectiveness might be what makes it good yeah yeah, from like society's point of view. Yeah. Is your creative work good? Well, how many people subscribe to it or yeah. want to view it or listen to it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. I'm glad you like that, Neil. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. 
So, we were briefly going to talk about um, how we are creative in our lives, and uh, you wanna you wanna start with that one? I would love nothing more. Oh, good. Um, it's interesting thinking about how have I evolved creatively. I'd say, growing up, maybe up until and through the early parts of college, creativity for me was largely based in building things or taking them apart and trying to repurpose what I was taking apart, trying to honestly just make really cool things that shot very far. That was my nice. my main goal growing up. Um, but throughout college, I think I really stumbled into a more formalized version of creativity, mm. you could argue. Um, and I think that manifested through, I really enjoy woodworking. And I took a few creative woodworking classes where, you know, you have a project to create a longboard, but how you create it and what shapes and what colors and mm. that process is up to you. Um, I still haven't ridden my longboard. No idea how to do that, but I have it. Um, just so we're clear, this man can work wood. He, he is both original and effective. Oh, thank you. In how the man works. Wood. I do appreciate that compliment. Yeah, no, it's it's true, man. It's fact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think most recently, photography has become a huge creative outlet for me. Um, I stole my dad's camera. Well, I didn't steal it. He just wasn't using it. And uh, my grandfather he was a photographer, and he gave me all of his old equipment. And so. Just through those secondhand objects, I've I found a new passion for going out in nature, going out with people, and just trying to capture moments and emotions and, to me, like, unique new perspectives. Yeah. Um, and, and to your credit, your photography is excellent. Oh, Recently thank you. took pictures of me and, and my girlfriend, and they were lovely photos, and we will link to at Cornwell's camera in the description of this episode. Oh, you're too kind for plugging me like that. Um, I'll, I'll plug you like an outlet, man. Oh, man. All right. Well, Jeremy, talk about creativity in your life now. Yeah, I'll talk about creativity in my life now. So, I mean, I've been playing music since I was like 10, um, but I don't think that was always creative because there was a long time where I would just like go into a guitar lesson, learn a song that I wanted to learn, mm -hmm. like parrot, do the same thing, Yeah, and then... And, and then repeat. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it was until high school that I started being able to be creative with music. Mm -hmm. I started teaching myself a lot more about music theory, and that kind of led me to play guitar in more creative ways. Like I would start trying to songwrite, um, not very well at the beginning. <laughs> um, I, I sometimes run into some of those like in my old like music files and mm -hmm. listening to them is, whoa, it's, it's a trip. Um, would not wish that on anybody. Uh, but it was an important, it, and, and this is a good point too, like creativity is, it's not something that happens out of a vacuum. Mm. It's something that takes practice in yeah. order to get good at. Um, so through high school, I, I started songwriting more. Uh, I started creating a lot of medleys, like blending songs together. Mm -hmm. And I also started performing. Um, and performing is, to this day, one of my favorite ways to be creative because there's so much you can do in a performance that you can't do just, I don't know, let's say on a live stream by yourself in a room <laughs> in terms of creatively interacting with the crowd and mm -hmm. you know, building off energy. 
uh, that's definitely one of the things I miss most about uh, with, with COVID and everything is I was supposed to have live shows yeah. before all this, but alas, now I have live stream shows. Well, I will let you know that when you perform for me, and I am your live studio audience. Yeah. I am enamored. Oh. It truly is a wonderful experience. Oh, thank and you. If any of you are listening and want to check out the most wonderful guitarist and singer, visit Jay Fine on Spotify. Yeah. You know what? I might need a bucket for some of your drool right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's a just, lot. It's just coming out real <laughs> I'm fast. I'm fawning. Yeah, no, he's, he's fawning. I, I appreciate the fawning. It, it, is, it is appreciated. But yeah, nowadays I... I write a, a ton of music, especially because I've had so much time lately, which we mm. will get to on how our excess of time impacts our creativity later. Um, but, you know, sometimes I play music just for myself to mm -hmm. relax. And sometimes I play music because I'm looking to have like an end goal and okay, like I'm, I'm almost done with this song. Right. And, you know, when I'm playing by myself for myself, there's a lot more experimenting making mistakes, trying new things. And when I'm, you know, like performing or like working towards a product, it's a lot more like clean, less risky. Right. And a little more stressful, honestly. So now that we have talked about creativity in our lives, um, we've kind of hinted at these different ways that creativity can function. Mm -hmm. Um, and in, in putting this together, we really broke it down into creativity as coping and creativity as work. So I think it, a, a, a good place to start would be how creativity can work as coping. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can get more into the nitty gritty, but just from a general sense, Whenever people are stressed out, you know, they have a lot going on in their life, a huge change, and someone asks, oh, what's your outlet, you know? I think that's synonymous with how are you creative and how do you use a platform to help process your emotions? Um, sure. And in one article, they looked at creativity and depression as a, a way to help address those those feelings and those symptoms, um, and the results are just, I mean, they're so clear that finding a creative outlet improves your sense of self, your, your ability to cope and communicate and process emotions. And, um, it's just really cool seeing it formalized in, in the literature as well. Yeah. This study specifically was with depression in older adults um, and they looked at all kinds of creativity, art, dance, drama, and music, and they found that it is able to improve intrapersonal skills. So like you said, that your sense of identity, uh, it's able to improve your, your cultural, your knowledge, your cognitive capacities, like your memory, and even your social skills. Um, and so, you know, depression mm -hmm. is a pretty... I would not say extreme because it's common, but it's on one end of the general stress level coping mechanism. There's a lot more stress in depression. Mm -hmm. So these same things that help when someone is depressed will also help when someone's not depressed. It's all on the same spectrum. So all of these create creative activities can help 
decrease these sense the this sense of isolation that stress can provoke this sense of you know worthlessness it, mm-hmm. it can really help all of these dimensions of depressed thinking and behavior that can really hurt yeah um, and there was also another article and I actually had the pleasure of meeting uh, the main author who runs the lab for this study at Vanderbilt University she runs a program called sense theater her name is Blythe Corbett and it's really a wonderful program what she does is she uh, engages kids with autism spectrum disorders in a theater program and through this uh, they were actually able to demonstrate that these individuals with autism spectrum disorder were able to improve their social skills, reduce trait anxiety measures, uh, improve their theory of mind, which if you remember from our episode last week is the ability to perceive what another person is thinking mm-hmm. that individuals with autism often struggle with. So just, this is just incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's fascinating. I, I would have never known, you know, that would be a way to teach others these, these skills and abilities. Um, had you not talked about that with me, that's, it's really fascinating. It's really cool. And so that was the first function of creativity. Creativity is, as coping, um, for both mental health issues and general stress. The other kind of creativity we broke it down to is creativity is work. You know, the professional mm-hmm. photographer, musician, artist, yeah, what have you. I mean, hopefully one day we'll make it that far. Yeah. You know, if med school doesn't work out, we can uh, fall back on you make music, you record music, I'll make your videos. Well, there we go. Yeah, that's, that's the dream. Our production hey, company. Even if it does work out, we could keep going with it. That's true. But yeah, I mean, as... As we've talked about so many times, you know, the past three, four months, we've had an ungodly amount of free time on our hands. Too much time. And I know for me, there's a sense that we'll never have this ability to just be creative all day, every day, ever again. Like, this is the time to produce and, you know, make these awesome, awesome things that we can share with other people and for ourselves but I just got so tired of forcing that and the ideas I had were looking back on them, not what I wanted to portray to other people and mm. of myself. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of like this, this catch 22, you have all this free time to be creative, but the more you focus on forcing that creativity, the less creative I'm actually being. And the less I enjoy being creative. Right which sucks. I mean, I love playing the drums and Mm -hmm. I remember there was a point during this where I was working so hard on getting this one drum pattern for a song. I just realized that I need to take a break from playing drums. I'm not enjoying this anymore. Yeah. And you know, a lot of us who don't use a creative outlet as our primary source of income, Mm -hmm. uh, use creativity for that first purpose for coping and when our hobbies are put to the center stage Mm. and you know supposedly we think that 
I would love to spend all my time like working on music or on photography, but when the reality hits us and we have all this time, we realize that, you know, when it's the thing stressing you out, it's not nearly as fun and mm -hmm. it takes a lot of the benefits out of it. Yeah. So learning to balance creativity during this pandemic with anything else we can find to work on has has been a challenge yeah mm. but but that being said i've also written some really cool songs during this time you have you really have and and there is so much motivation and so many emotions going around to write about mm -hmm. so it really is a double-edged sword there is a healthy amount to take in from this and to use the time i have to write right but when I hit a wall, I've learned to to stop because otherwise it's going to start sucking the fun out of it for me. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think also, you know, as a segue into the next topic, you've worked a lot with mental health patients and you know a lot about that field and you were telling me how there's a lot of myths, you know, and misconceptions about mental health and creativity and how they may or may not be linked to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in the ether out there and, uh, we could clear up some of the conceptions, uh, and we're going to do that, but actually some of the conceptions are somewhat true. It's, it's tricky. There really isn't a simple answer to the question, are mental health conditions strongly associated with creativity. Do mental health issues mm -hmm. cause creative behavior? The answer is yes and no. Mm. So in this article mm -hmm. entitled The Mad Genius Paradox, can creative people be more mentally healthy but highly creative people be more mentally ill? The author posits this double-edged sword hypothesis. On the one hand, he posits that among all individuals, those who are more creative actually have better mental health. Mm. However, those that are the most creative are actually at higher risk for mental illness. In other words, those at the low spectrum of creativity actually have better mental health and not even necessarily at the low spectrum, at the, at the low end. It, everything up to the high end mm -hmm. Creative individuals tend to have better mental health for right. all the reasons we were talking about earlier. Their mm -hmm. creativity helps you cope with stress. It's 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 a really positive outlet. However, at that very high end of creativity, let's say the top tenth of creative individuals who the authors define in this are the individuals who create the most products, whether that's songs, mm -hmm. pieces of art photos, whatever, those individuals are actually at significantly higher risk for mental health conditions. So those people are kind of the mad geniuses, right? Like the Van Goghs who produce a million paintings but suffer tremendously from a mental health condition. Mm -hmm. So our preconceptions can kind of be reaffirmed and also rejected. Yeah. The vast majority of creatives mm -hmm. will be more mentally healthy 
compared to non-creatives in the population. Hmm. However, those who are the most creative will actually be less mentally healthy hmm. and suffer more in their creativity. So first is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was getting at, Neil. Yeah. I was, yeah. That is so interesting to think about. There's, yeah. there's a subcategory that, you know, to a certain point, it's an outlet, but maybe once you reach a threshold and I mean, it's all, there's no, there's no clear line, but there's this, you know, imaginary threshold where maybe your, your creativity is stemming from something that's not healthy to you and other aspects of your life. Yeah, that's possible. And, you know, there is some evidence that some mental illnesses are associated with increased creativity, mm -hmm. primarily bipolarity. Bipolar individuals are overrepresented in the author and artist communities. So mm -hmm. those communities tend to have more individuals with bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. uh, and bipolar disorder seems to increase the amount of creative products a creative person would create. Mm -hmm. Couple explanation for this. Bipolar is the disorder defined by highs and lows, so manic and depressive states. Mm -hmm. Hypomania is something that can happen in bipolar where it's, it's mania, but it's not out of control. People aren't engaging in overly risky behavior. They're not doing things that they will later regret. It's a little bit of a more controlled mania. Mm -hmm. And in those states especially, people have a flight of ideas Mm -hmm. They are able to uh, increase their divergent thinking and some really incredible historical works of art have actually been created when people are in hypomanic states. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But this is not to celebrate the condition. And I think this brings us to our next point of people going off medication to improve their creativity. Mm. You know, that's a pretty big... Uh, stigma right. that you can't create true art if you are inhibited by medication. And I'd like to say, and I will say, that that, that is patently false. No. Medication actually helps people to be creative the vast majority of the time because it helps them manage their symptoms. There's a myth that SSRIs or antidepressants take away your personality, but in reality, they don't. They let you access more of your personality by helping you manage your symptoms. It's mm. a lot harder to be creative if you can't get out of bed. Yeah. But if your medication helps you with that, mm -hmm. decreases your symptoms, you will actually be able to be more creative. I remember John Green, a really famous author yeah. uh, who suffers from OCD, at one point bought into this stopped taking his medication for his OCD because he didn't think he could write something truly revolutionary while he was medicated. Hmm. And I remember watching the 60 Minutes interview with him, and he was like, yeah, that was the worst decision. My life got so much harder. Oh, man. Yet he still makes incredible works, right. celebrated works, while being on medication. So if you are out there thinking about going off your meds in order to prove your creativity, I strongly encourage you not to because the vast majority of the time, people regret those decisions. Yeah, that's really important to talk about. Yeah. And on the other side of that, some people take extra drugs to enhance 
their creative process. Long history of that. Very long <laughs> history, whether it's authors, artists, musicians, any profession, there's, there's examples of, I mean, Steve Jobs went and took LSD. Really? Yeah. Um, and so it, it's really fascinating thinking about how influenced our culture can be by, by drugs, whether it's marijuana, LSD, um, any amphetamines. Yeah. Um, and we wouldn't have the white album. The Beatles album. Oh, yeah. We, and we wouldn't have half of Pink Floyd's discography. <laughs> wouldn't have a lot of Beatle albums. This is, this is true. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's, there's research into that. And, you know, it's, there's a couple different viewpoints you can take on that. Whether the substances are enhancing experiences and sensitivity and maybe loosening your conscious processes. Maybe back to the divergent thinking that mm. you were talking about earlier. And those give um, birth to new ideas that normally wouldn't have been connected. Or, you know, on the other hand, well, there's a lot of research in psychoactive drug use and helping treat patients with mental health issues. Right. And so this goes back to your point of maybe inadvertently some people have stumbled onto their own self-medication and they're getting back to that sense of wholeness maybe that they felt they've been lacking and so now this this new sense of who they are enables them to be the creative person that they're trying to be but they've been inhibited for for whatever neurological reason sure yeah i mean just off the top of my head there's been research on on ketamine with treatment resistant depression that was promising there's new research on uh psilocybin which is uh magic mushrooms Mm. associated with depression and schizophrenia treatments um we are not encouraging any of these hard drugs or any drug at all usage um but i think it does bring up a good point that even though these drugs are are stigmatized Mm -hmm. they could still be useful for treatment right and you know the fda puts a hard bam on researching most Mm -hmm. of these illegal drugs and it is very difficult to access them for research purposes yeah which i think robs the scientific community and the population of a whole of a lot of new and innovative treatments right just because these drugs can be abused doesn't mean they're universally bad that is very correct yeah consult with your physician before trying any new medications yes i think that's a a good tagline to put in there yeah you should uh you should do that (laughs) don't don't say jeremy and neil told you to to do anything So I guess to, to bring it back to, you know, where we are today, yeah. creativity, what, what should I be thinking about with creativity in this pandemic as we're maybe wrongly, you know, entering back into normal life as a society? How does, how do we fit creativity into that? Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with our earlier discussion of balancing creativity with all the empty time we have Mm -hmm. thankfully you and i are starting classes soon which as we have discussed maybe it's because we're giant nerds but we are so excited to start classes to have some structure in our lives yes uh and i think that might actually help our creativity because it'll make it fun again it'll make it a treat to do it and you know that's not to say that just because creativity is a hobby for us that 
we can't quote unquote make it big. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you take excellent photos oh. and you play excellent music. I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's this misconception that just because something is a creative hobby mm-hmm. means it can't be a a primary thing. Right. Especially with the advent of technology, mm-hmm. y- you can have multiple careers. It's true. Regardless, back to the current moment in time, it's important to have this creative outlet. And coping with these strong emotions of, my God, this country and this world is on fire right now. Mm-hmm. How am I going to deal with it? You know, I've gotten a lot of that out in song. And I can't imagine myself stopping that anytime soon because life doesn't look like it's going to get that much less stressful anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I was saying earlier. I, I've, I've written some lyrics that I would never have written before all this. No. This pandemic provides creatives with unique impetus for mm. new work. But like we were saying, it's a double-edged sword. It also provides us with an excess of time. Right. And we need to continue healthfully using our creative outlet mm-hmm. and not pushing past that boundary of when it's fun. While still taking care of ourselves, still exercising, doing our best to be responsibly social, and doing all the things that make us happy. But, you know, creativity, let's say, usually takes up, you know, 20% of the pie of your Mm -hmm. day. Nowadays, you might be able to take up 30. Mm -hmm. And I think it's on all of us as individuals to figure out what that percentage is that maximizes our creative output Mm -hmm. while still allowing it to be fun and ensuring that it's fun. Yeah, and I'd I'd say if you feel overwhelmed by your creativity or you you feel as though you're losing the joy, you can take a break from it too. Take a step back. That is totally okay. I've put down my camera and just gone a week or two without doing anything. And when you come back to it and you pick it back up, there's that that a new vigor to, to get back into that passion that was, that was so fun before. Yeah. That's a great point. Taking a break can really breathe new life into work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. This has been human tune. I'm Jeremy fine and I'm Neil Cornwall and we are signing off until next Sunday. Bye-bye. See y'all soon.